Hi, thank you for tuning in to another episode of State of the Arts, a podcast where art forms are embraced and artists are celebrated. I'm Lee, your hostess of Samronis, and this is episode 160, the holiday special. My guest this week is artist Monique Ford. She's a visual artist and is about all types of art forms. She's a collaborator. She believes in spreading art in the community, connecting and inspiring other artists, and she's she has her own paintings. Welcome to my show. It's such an honor to have such a well-rounded, uh, dynamic person in the arts on State of the Arts. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's su such a thrill to have you here. So how do you balance it all? You do a lot. It is tough, especially this time of year. Keeping involved with my performing arts management, which I do during the day, keeping myself sane and balancing my own studio practice is, is quite rigorous. You know, it's like, I, I feel like, uh, I've always thought about this. I'm like a writer, you know, like I have to have a lot of time to myself to, to paint, you know, so I have a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with my work. So the rest of my creative process and collaboration is really devoted to working with others in the community, devoted to working with arts management, arts education. And I just always, you know, I was a teacher for a long time and then I went into arts administration. So I think that what I get most out of, you know, working in performance arts management is, is the sense of collaboration that is very different than, than working with other visual artists. And you still have time for creativity, which is incredible. You wear so many hats and you can do it. I have to do it. It's less about carving out the time. It's, it balances me out completely, which is not to say that it's cathartic and, you know, therapeutic because it's hard and it's about problem solving, but it's really worth it. Even if I'm able to paint, you know, one, you know, like one to three hours a day on a good day, you know, that's, it's kind of like a, like an exercise for me. That's, I've never been the kind of artist that uh, excels at sitting by myself in a studio all day alone. I, I need a lot of other interactions and a lot of other things that inspire me. So what, so I'm able to uh, focus for certain increments of time in, in the work that I'm doing. That's yeah. incredible. And what current projects are you working on? Well, I've been working for the last two to three, I guess, two to three years. Yeah. On a portrait series called Look Me in the Eyes. And during COVID, uh, I really came full circle to bringing representational art forms back into my work. So it happened slowly and naturally where I had more like botanical forms in, in my work uh, coming out of working for a long period of time with abstraction. Um, and then it really trickled into bringing the figure back into the work. Um, just a very natural response to, to being isolated from other people. It made me nostalgic and maybe made me review all of the work that I did about two decades ago when I started painting as an artist in college. Um, so I really came, I did a whole 360 and the series of works that I have now is really about female form. It's really about portraiture. 
It's really about understanding and demanding attention for the figures and the images, demanding a certain amount of intimacy and power uh, for the figures. Some of them are really honoring the the people that I selected for the for the images, and some of them are um, less historical and more just more just kind of spiritual. So so the people that I have in those portraits are very you know it's very selective who I like to paint, and some of them are my very very close friends, and some of them. Um, sort of branching out are a little bit, you know, are people that I, I are not, I'm not as close with, or maybe was close to close with in the past. And I'm kind of sort of resurrecting their spirit in the images. And it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Oh, that's beautiful. And you're connected to your subjects like that, which makes the art even more expressive. There's one thing to say about it where you know, it's like you're really documenting someone in a moment in time. So there is like a historical component to it that is quite interesting. And it, you're also like making someone happy by creating an image of them. And so like people have a response, you know, you can, it's really interesting to see people see the work who know the person or who don't know the person but specifically who know the person or are close to the person and I just feel like what what not a cooler thing to do in terms of making work about um it's not about me you know it's it's about it's about that other person and everyone else has this connection you know to that person whether they know them or not and it's I think that's quite moving you know, because you can, you know, you can make work about anything, but making work about someone who, that's going to make them feel better or make them, you know, feel more powerful or, you know, there's just something really uh, concrete about creating an image of someone from a certain place at a certain time. And how did you get into coordinating and the planning of events in the art community? Well, when I developed my career in arts management, I began just really excelling and growing into a role of manager and director. And I, of, you know, you know, drama performances, dance performances, um, you know, larger events for kids and for adults, for older adults, and sort of smaller communities into a larger community. I just, I love event management and being able to bring different people together in a community, in an extended community. Uh, I like all the moving parts uh, in setting up performances. I like the, you know, the planning and the structure of it. And I like like really being able to see something grow and see something, you know, see an event move different types of people, bring people together. So I, that started about 10 years ago uh, when I worked in East Harlem for the Boys Club of New York. And then it just continued with me and my nonprofit management experience. So right now I'm specific to screen acting and production. So I work with actors who are studying uh, drama at NYU and they're developing their skills in, in screen acting for film and TV. And so I work on management of a lot of, of producing a lot of films, short films that the students are involved with. And so that's kind of interesting because it's like the merging of the visual and the performing at the same time, 
which is very different than like stage acting or stage performances per se. And in my local community that I grew up in, in Katona, I work on the board of the Katona Museum Artists Association. So for the Artists Association, I, I'm the exhibition, exhibition chair. And in the role as exhibition chair, I help uh, create new partnerships with new venues, create uh, new partnerships with new jurors who juror the exhibitions we have. And I just help our local community of artists, two-dimensional and three-dimensional visual artists, get their work in the community, celebrate the work, um, you know, bring people together from a very, very passionate about bringing people together from a, a big variety of age groups. Uh, intergenerational work has always um, been a, a passion of mine. And, and yeah, so, so I help with this small board and a working team of people. We, we bring a lot of different exhibitions to the community of Southern Westchester, Northern Westchester, and, and even into uh, Connecticut. That's amazing that I actually met you at the 114 yeah. Gallery, uh, mm -hmm. ran by Walker Amansky. I love that gallery very much. <laughs> yeah, it's a very, it's a very beautiful uh, professional space at that, at that gallery, for sure. Uh, one of the biggest demands and requests from our membership, which is almost almost about 300 artists in uh, in the Westchester uh, community, is that we're always looking to be inclusive to sculptural work. We're always looking to be in a nice professional space that can exhibit a lot of work. And we want to be accessible to the general public. We don't want to be like hidden away somewhere. You know, Northern Westchester, it's a real challenge finding the right kind of space that kind of meets all of those criterias. In addition to um, working with a partnered venue, you know, who's open and fluid and flexible and, and collaborative. So, so we have, um, you know, commercial galleries work in sort of a different structure than nonprofits, right? And, and for-profits, nonprofits, community spaces are different. Uh, gallery spaces in general are really different. And so it's, it's the whole process of finding the right um, partnering venue, finding the right juror, and, and being able to work with them and move forward for, you know, for the gallery space or community space to benefit from having our artists exhibit at the space, and also to have our community benefit from exhibiting at the space as well. There's a lot of fine tuning to that, and it's a it's a big it's a big process. So, I really reach out to lots of venues all the time to see you know what rental fees are like for this kind of thing, you know what the restrictions are for what we can, how long we can exhibit, what kind of work we can exhibit, you know who's overseeing the work, you know do the artists need to come in and support that, what that looks like. Um, and our board members are the team of people that are really part of the working board who help with organizing all the materials uh, for the exhibition, who show up for drop for the artists when they drop off their work. Uh, we also install the exhibit. We have a team of people. I do it sometimes, not always, but we usually have a team of four or five artists who work with the juror or work or just work amongst ourselves to help install the the exhibit, which is a skill and a craft within itself, uh, hanging 
a large body of, of works that are all really different. So it depends on what vision the juror has and how the works are going to really speak to each other and be synchronized with each other in the same space. Um, some of our jurors are, you know, very, very, very selective in the works that they, you know, want to showcase and what kind of, you know, what kind of exhibit they want to really have. And so we, you know, we have our, our submissions for our members. They submit images, they submit content, and that's really based off of the pers- what we call it the prospectus. I'll draft unless the juror will draft it themselves. Um, and then we work with the board to solidify what the perspective is. It's really thinking about how inclusive it can be to our membership. So we want to make sure that the content or the theme of the show is, is broad enough so that a lot of our members' work can potentially, you know, weave itself into the theme in some sort of way and have some sort of connection. Um, and some artists actually just, you know, will make new work based on the prospectus that comes out. So, you know, artists like to be sort of inspired by, you know, um, a question or an inquiry about something, you know, related to like, for example, one Martine gallery was, you know, humans and the environment, um, and their connection between them. And that, that, I thought that was a really great, that was something that Walker wrote. And I thought that was a really great concept because people can really like work their way in and maneuver and interpret that in lot in lots of different uh conceptual aspects in terms of their work so you know our team works we have a lot of technology technology that we work with through submittables for the submissions and and then we do a lot of sort of administration on the back end that no one kind of sees um, of just organizing all the the accepted works, notifying the artists. There's a lot of moving parts. We have a whole um, like schedule and structure to that as our advisory board. We have about 13 members in our board. So that's amazing. And it's just a lot of work and it's all structured and well-coordinated, plotted out. Uh, what advice would you give to, say, a smaller gallery in a lesser-known neighborhood that maybe doesn't have the funds or the means? Like, how how can they spread their wings? Right. Well, I mean, if it's if a gallery is a non-for-profit gallery, they can certainly you know, which a lot which a lot of spaces and uh, art communities are. You know, we you know we work with Bethany Arts Community in Austin. And they have a, I don't know if you've ever been there, but they have a a huge space and it's quite beautiful. And they have a lot of different, there's a lot of energy in that space and they have a lot going on. And so, you know, a space like that, that's not a commercial gallery can, can definitely apply for lots of different grants, government funds, um, specialized grants for specific projects that they're working on, which is great. Uh, and then also it's really about board cultivation. So who's on the board, who's working with the executive director to help run, you know, raise funds. And so any kind of smaller nonprofit that is specific to visual arts or performing arts uh, really needs like a, you know, at the beginning of that, of that, that process and of the beginning of that, creating that uh, nonprofit, they really look to having a series of board members who are really, in, really helping with development 
fundraising, helping plan events to get um, people to donate. And that's that's kind of where it all begins in terms of fundraising for nonprofits um, on an individual basis, like individual giving, you know, or having someone who is a grant manager or, you know, just someone who's really actually skilled in writing can sort of be trained and help support the financial aspect of that, um, the health of that nonprofit. Social media is a huge forum that's very inexpensive, cost-effective for being able to um, spread the word and spread the word in a community. I would also say, you know, when you're starting a space, you should really start a space that's that's in a community that you're comfortable with and a, and a community that you know people in. So you can just begin to network as much as possible, um, partner with as many different organizations as you can, you know, start to start to be really like part of the community that you're serving and in and in the neighboring communities that that space is serving so that you can really try to spread the word as much as possible, get people in. You know, a lot of videos are great. You know, create create as many different kind of community events as you can in a space. Um, have people, you know, also volunteering too for those kinds of nonprofits are really, really, really imperative. I mean, volunteers, you know, are the majority of, a, of you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of nonprofits equate that to fundraising because it's essentially people who are working, you know, and not getting paid to help facilitate your mission. And so uh, a lot of nonprofits, whether small or large, have have systems and have teams in place for people who are going to be volunteering their time to support the mission, which will help develop the, you know, the funding for for that nonprofit or smaller space. You know, other things too is, you know, renting out a lot of people rent out spaces. You know, if you have a small gallery, gallery or small community space, you can, you know, rent it to different artists to be able to utilize artists are always looking for community spaces because, you know, their work might be really autonomous and they want to be around other artists. And so that's another way to help help balance the, the costs of, of the space. Oh, that's beautiful. There's like so many different avenues that yeah. can take. Yeah. To help and reaching out, reaching out to schools as well, right? Like hitting hitting every kind of age group and seeing how your space can be accessible for a variety of variety of diversity and a variety of um, you know, diverse ages, right? Like how can your space serve someone who's for or an adult, or, you know, a high school student, or, or, you know, an older adult, right? And so thinking about really understanding your mission first, will really inform how those other things fall into place. As time goes on, you would say that the arts really taking a stronghold in society. I mean, thanks to media and all these outlets, and, you know, there's more and more avenues for curators and artists to get their work out and plan events and coordinate. A lot of artists are defining themselves, redefining themselves. And I think, you, you, you know, as artists, we have to redefine ourselves and evaluate and reflect on where we're moving, where we're going, what we want to, you know, what we want to manifest and how we, what we want to become. So, 
um, people are doing things in a less more traditional way in terms of their, you know, their direction and their artistry by who they're collaborating with, you know, where they're putting themselves out there for, you know, what kind of experimentation they're doing. Uh, you know, a lot of young artists who are really becoming more multi-hyphenated artists so that they can be good collaborators and are, who are also not confined to one medium, right? You know, like a lot of the college students I work with now are, you know, actors, they're producers, they're writers, they're, they want to become directors, uh, they know how to edit, you know, they know how to do lots of different things in, in performance. That entail, I think, is this sort of like the future of the way we're working as artists. Um, people want to work with people who have certain skills and people have networks of collaborators that they know is their go-to for X, Y, and Z. Keeping yourself open and flexible and being around lots of different types of artists is always is always at the forefront of what I do. And I also feel like it's, you know, what a lot of, you know, the younger generations are doing in terms of looking at themselves as a, you know, multifaceted artist um, and sort of like mind and spirit that makes sense yeah definitely i think that's very important do you have any projects that are on the horizon any events you can give the listeners a sneak peek of i'm in the middle of with the katona museum artists association we're in the middle of planning our our next group exhibition that will be at the yellow studio gallery which is in cross river and that's a gallery space i'm not sure if you've been there um uh, it's devoted to women artists and so the uh studio director will be she's in the process of juring that show that show will be coming up uh in i believe the opening is january 13th on saturday yes on saturday january 13th from four to six it's in cross river new york and yeah as our board as our team we're just organizing all the behind the scenes with that getting that out there to the to the greater community i'm actually in the i have the five painting abstract pieces up at the pelham art center right now which is a really like in terms of what i've been talking about the whole time they are a perfect example of really successful strong uh, art center that's a nonprofit that's really thriving that has uh, a lot of a lot of different things happening and is an, a real asset to their community in Pelham New York the shop and sip event they have for their art boutique that I have five pieces in I'm a member there I'm one of their members uh is happening next Thursday on December 14th from 5 to 7 and it's a series of local artists that are exhibiting, you know, small works, larger works, um, but usually, you know, under about 10 pieces each artwork, each artist has. So again, that's at the Pelham Art Center, December 14th from five to seven. You know, I'm just continuing to work on my portraits uh, for an upcoming show that I have this July at the Pound Ridge uh, Library. So uh, a lot of in Northern Westchester and in Southern Westchester, there are a lot of really, really, um, you know, really quality libraries that that uh, have wonderful spaces for artists, local artists to show work. 
And I, I particularly enjoy showing in library spaces just because I feel like it's really an asset for the local community. It's a way to connect with people who might not go into a gallery or not feel like that's in their network. So it's a way to have access to art in a space that's, you know, um, that's a library space that, you know, we love our libraries. We need to keep them. They're really important for our communities. And so I'm preparing my portrait series look called Look Me in the Eyes for, for that show at the Palm Ridge Library that has a beautiful space that was just recently renovated. So that's what I'm going to be working on the next six months or so. And um, the Katona Museum Artists Association has our all members show in uh, at the end of May, which is that Bethany Arts Community, which is another one of those outstanding nonprofits that's really serving the community, it's serving the community of Ossining and all of the uh, neighborhoods around Ossining with a variety of different kinds of programming. And they have a huge gallery space. So we always have a really successful show there um, because we're able to um, give the space enough room that it sort of demands um, as we have almost 300 artists. We usually have about a hundred, you know, a hundred or so artists who who want to be in the all members show so and it's wonderful that you have musicians at the events too so you have performing artists along with the visual arts yeah yeah that that's uh, that's a good uh reminder last year when we had the show at the bethany arts community space the prospectus that i actually wrote was about the merging of of music and art and visual arts and the sort of uh, juxtaposition between them. And um, I wrote about that. The board approved it. It was a fun, it was a really fun prospectus to have. And we had an outside juror select the work. And then we had uh, Reservoir Road Band play at the, at the opening. And it, it was beautiful to, you know, we, we, we usually try to have other, you know, other components built into our, our openings. Yeah. So how can somebody find out more about your work and um, the events that you coordinate and more about you? Sure. Uh, well, I just, it's actually great timing. I just have my uh, new website updated and it's uh, moniquelanglayford.com. And that's, that's my whole name. So it's, um, that's my middle name in the middle there, Langley. It's French Canadian. So moniquelanglayford.com is my website. And the Katona Museum Artist Association Gallery is a great resource as well. I'm just going to pull it up because I'm trying to remember. If you go to the Katona Museum of Art uh, website, it's it's there's a link to to the um, association. So, the Katona Museum Artists Association website is kmaaonlinegallery.com. And we've just really uh, this year we've had one of our board members really upgrade it, give it a little bit of a facelift, and uh, it's it's really clear and concise, and all the exhibitions, all of our fabulous programs and events are highlighted on it. Uh, membership info and contact, contact information are on it. So again, that's kmaaonlinegallery.com. 
Is there anything you'd like to say to the listeners before we sign off? The floor is open. Just to thank you so much for reaching out and connecting and um, creating a spotlight for this. I, I, you know, I love your, your interviews so far. I think you're doing fabulous work and really important, you know, highlighting and connecting with artists is super important for everybody right now in all times of times and space. So, um, yeah, I hope, I hope you have a wonderful holiday season and, um, looking forward to connecting again at one of our upcoming events. Absolutely. I w- I've actually wrote down the shop and sip. That's my thing. Great. <laughs> shopping Amazing. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, definitely. I would love to check out the Pelham Art Center. I've never been. It, it sounds incredible. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Well, thank you again. It was such an honor to have you on State of the Arts. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode. Happy holidays. I encourage all of you to stay safe, stay positive, and stay true to your dreams. And please check out Monique Langley Ford's work and all the wonderful, wonderful work that she does in the arts community. Take care, everyone.